I'm, I'm quite glad that you didn't get on right away because I was eating my dinner. Oh, where are you? So, like, I was sitting here eating off a plate on my knees, and I just recorded on the thing like about ten minutes of me eating, <laughs> like an enormous orangutan. Yeah, so I think I think that will make the podcast that make a really good start to the to the podcast. Yeah, definitely. That's I think that'll that would be that noise I just made, the clacking of the fork. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna get some water. Do you mind if we do slightly less uh, than an hour? Yeah, today. Because I, I haven't had a chance to eat yet, and I've got to cook it. Oh, oh, okay. How long... Oh, sorry, I don't want to take up your eating time. No, 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 it's fine. I just, I, I've had quite a busy evening. But that's fine. If, like 40 minutes or something. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Otherwise, I, I won't be eating until very late. I cheated and had a microwaveable dinner, which I I must tell the listeners that I don't do. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not a microwave meals guy, but... Every now and then, Chicago Town Pizza hits the spot, you know? Well, sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do. Exactly. We live, we live busy, busy lives. We can't go out and hunt our own pizza. <laughs> like they used to in the caveman days. Yeah, yeah, with nachos tied to breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an image in my head now that's a little bit like a McDonald's. Uh, a McDonald's and... Uh, it's pretty horrific. Like McDonald Land. A little bit like McDonald Land with the ha- was the Hamburglar a thing? The Hamburglar, yep, yep. I think was, he's still a thing. The was he dusted. A or no, he had a hamburger for a head, didn't he? But he was wearing sort of a vaudeville outfit. Yeah, he was like it was like purple and white stripes. Like he was on the beach at Margate in nineteen twenty four. Yeah, I, there's definitely a, vic- a a spot of Victoriana to him, definitely. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I also realised that we said we were going to do things for this this podcast and I completely forgot to do them. Well, so did I until like I was right at the end of the day at work. I had a really long day at work and I finished this. So I, I went for five minutes into my Google Doc here and I've got okay fake listicles, 10 cats that just saw Beyonce and can't handle it, <laughs> and 32 things you'll only relate to if you punch cats. <laughs> that's as far as I got. Okay, but there's well, a point. Maybe... A point to that one, which is that occasionally in these sort of BuzzFeed listicles, a, a thing that crops up where it's like actually kind of defending asshole behavior. So, like, you know, it'll be uh, thirty-two things you'll only understand if you're late all the time, and then it'll be lots of gifts going. Oh my god, I'm late all the time! Ha ha ha! Like that's not fucking funny. Don't be late. Don't be a dick. I think it's less evil to be late than it is to punch cats. Yeah, that's true. I have to say, I mean, you know, a listicle like 20, 25 things you'll only understand if you're a Nazi and hiding in South America, you know, that's a, that would be, ah, oh, the locals, I can only get, you know, one type of verse. Oh. <laughs> the worst uh, verse. You know, there's, there's different gradations of evil. Verse is this the verse. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and that's sorry, as far as really I got. But I made up some apps as well. Um, okay, if I give you the name of the app, maybe you can tell me what you think it does. All of these are like they end in R, you know, like Tumblr, where there's but there's like a missing vowel, so it's just the R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have um, to. Yeah. The first one is Crapper. Crapper. C R A double P R. Sorry, spell that again. C R A double P R. Crapper. Um, I think it's a it's an app where you can sell your own feces to people in Africa to use as fertilizer. Oh man, that's actually a really good idea. Or Rapper. even you wouldn't yeah. have to send it as far as Africa, would you? I mean, human yeah, not waste. just Africa to ple- to people who need fertilizer. Yeah, like human human waste is supposed to be quite good for that, isn't it? For any any to fertilizing any ground. Yeah. You have to you have to take a photo of your poo. You have to like describe it and give, like give it a weight and stuff, and then you post it on on Crapper, and then someone claims it. It's like it's yeah. like Etsy for shit. It's a little bit like Etsy for shitsy. Shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of I was trying to think of uh, a better pun than that, yeah, but this is there's no though. there's no words for poo that have et in them. Mm, scat is that a, is that a word for poo? Or I think it was scat. 
<laughs> no, it could be Scatsy. Scatsy, yeah. But that sounds like a cartoon cat from the 1930s. Scatsy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cat who got up to mischief, but nothing like that. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's actually not a bad idea. See, that could be some kind of green way of, you know, of re- creating renewable energy. My idea was just an app that tells you where the nearest toilet is, which probably exists anyway. Uh, oh, okay, crapper. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there is an app like that. I think it's just called Google Maps, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Google <laughs> Craps. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, but they, they keep shutting public loos. Not that I, I, I know that, that that's the problem. Too much, you know, or to a worrying amount. I'm not like a connoisseur of public toilets, but. Um, they keep shutting public loose and opening the open air urinals. Oh. I know you have opinions about that. I detest those. I really they detest are them. the one near Charing Cross Station is really smelly oh. and always surrounded by a puddle of piss, as if it had wet itself <laughs> in disgust. Which, <laughs> <its> yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, which did a good advertisement for it. Oh, you know what? I, the other day I walked past there and I was absolutely busting, and I didn't use it because it was so foul. Smell it a mile off. It's really bad, and there's just—I would just feel really exposed if if I was doing it, yeah. Because your back is to the world, the mm. street. Yeah. Someone could come along and like shove you into it and run away, and you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. And what about ladies? <laughs> ladies can't use them. No, but that's not really. That's that's because we need to invent a way for ladies to wee standing up. Well, we have. Well, that, we that have exists, this. yeah. But I don't think women are readily carrying around the, the she-wee as it is. I don't know that it's no. taken off in the way that it could have done. And perhaps most ladies don't have the the, the the sort of cultural indoctrination that being standing up next to loads of other people is okay. As men are wont to do, yeah. you know, we don't really think much of weeing anywhere really because yeah. we're trained to just do it but but for ladies you know they're 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 used to privacy yeah so what we what we can I take like... from this is you're, that you're a lot better at thinking up good apps than i am i just think selfishly that quite often i'm in the center of london <laughs> i need a wee and there's nowhere to go so I, oh, always I think inevitably end up going to foils because i know that you know no one's going to grill me if i walk up the five flights of stairs and go into the tiny toilet up there no, they won't. That's true. But you yeah. can't take a book in with you, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's one that you brought yourself. Yeah, exactly. And even then, they might look at you funnily if you come out with a book in your hand. Yeah, yeah. And it would be rude if you were in there reading because there's only one. There's only one cubicle in there. Uh, I believe so. Yes, yeah. I can't really remember the fourth toilet. I have yeah. to say, but I'm I'm glad that you're uh, okay with it. Yeah. Do you have any any more app yeah. names? Uh, the next one is Angler. So A N G L R. I think that's if you need to know the angle for something, and you lay your phone flat against one uh, one axis of the angle, and then it calculates the other angle using the camera. That's what I think it's. For. Yeah, it's like a it's like a protractor for people who could never deal with geometry at school. It's for like you know how some people had such a bad time in maths at school that they can't deal with geometry as adults. It's like therapy for helping them get over that. Okay. Okay. Not that I, I like that. Those people. It's, so it's nothing to do with fishing. Well, no, actually, my original idea was fishing, but you got me thinking. Okay. You, you inspire okay. me. So it's like it's it should be sort of a do- database or a social social network for categorizing your fish, fish, your fists, yeah, your fists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be so. You it could be like it could be called Placebook. Oh my god! Oh, Placebook. that's good. Placebook. And if it was fists, it would just be fistbook. I bet you. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to type that in because I don't know what's going to come up. But I am going to type in Facebook. This has got to be a real site. Oh no! The domain Placebook.com is for sale. We should take it. We should totally take it. That's place with an I. I take yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I was going to say because I imagine Placebook, you know, as in lo- the locale is is already taken. Yeah, that, um, that's got to be. I'm going to try that as well, just in case. The word fist has been really ruined. <laughs> Yeah, it's, the, it's not a word that you like to hear, is it? It's just it it kind of spoils every every context it's put into. Yeah, just in I, uh, Well, like the the Canadians innocently saying, "I'm double fisting." Oh yeah, what does that mean, what does that mean again? It means that you've got two drinks on the go. Oh uh, yeah, 
One of uh, which is probably a double double. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a quadruple fist. Um, yeah, or you and say I'm double 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 fisting. Every time I'm with a Canadian and they say it, I I snicker and they're like, why why do you find that so funny? I was like, oh come on. Yeah. Must realise. There was a moment like that at work today. I can't remember what it was. Something about using a, a back entrance or something. And like everyone on our bench was absolutely wetting themselves. And like most of us were in either our late twenties through to like late thirties. <laughs> Lots of grown ass adults all laughing at innuendo. I told you that whatever age I am, if I ever don't laugh at a fart, you're to take me outside and club me to death like a seal. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll definitely remember that. I'm going to buy a club just in case. Buy a proper seal, sealer's club. <laughs> sealer's club. Yeah. Which I mean, brings me on to our next step. Clubber. C-L-U-B-B-R. <laughs> I just made is that it, Is it for finding hot young seals to take clubbing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clubbing in either sense of the word. So you can either take them to a nightclub and, or you can bash their head in. But then you'll be arrested. Because it's nasty to do that. Yes, you will. It's not nice. It's nasty. But you might end up at the end of the night with a really nice coat. That's that's true. It'd be quite a yeah. long night for the coat maker. But yeah. It would. But it'd be worth it to stride into the club looking pretty, pretty good. Pretty yeah. endangered, I'd have to say. <laughs> pretty endangered. Yeah. So what was the actual meaning of clubber? Um, I, I literally just made that one up just then. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I feel we should have prepared more. Give me your money, angel investors. <laughs> We're professionals. Yeah. Okay. We're real professionals. I've only got one more. Okay. Uh, w i n k l r. Winkler. Winkler. <laughs> um, is it? Oh, I don't know. It could be anything. Is it an app? Uh, which for some reason allows you to use your phone. To get winkles off of off of rocks, I don't know. No, that would be quite a good companion to angler, wouldn't it? I guess if you're yeah, the kind of person yeah. who enjoys fishing, we could release a maritime app suite. Yeah, a um, maritime app suite. <laughs> that sounds like the name of a band. Maritime <laughs> We're maritime app suite. <laughs> and this is our first song, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Winkler W I N K L R is just a gallery of pictures of Henry Winkler. AKA oh, okay. the funds. Oh, I was think I was thinking that it could also serve. It would be a map, a mapping app, a geolocation app, but it just tells you where Henry Winkler is. Yeah, surveillance of him at all times. Yeah, just just a a, a simple ankle tag. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he wouldn't mind doing it because you know he could get quite a lot in He's... ad revenue. I think his career is doing okay, but it could probably stand to be better. Could do the boost. You think? Yeah. Well, he was in Panto in Richmond last year. So, no way! He was, yeah, Henry Winkler. Or maybe it was the year before, but yeah, he was playing Captain Hook or something. Yeah, he was in Arrested Development. He, he was, was in that other thing, Parks and Recreation. <laughs> yeah, is that oh, what yeah, you he... meant by that other thing? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> that I other American I... show. No, I I really like Parks and Rec. I don't know why I just called it that other thing. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad that our idea of app names. Uh, was so successful, but I think we made the point that they're silly. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what we were going for, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and definitely. It's, it's even better now that I've explained what the joke was. I was so. think, did I did I complain last time about Snapchat being valued at four billion or whatever ridiculousness it was? Uh, no, that's yeah. There's, I mean, the entire that entire industry is just one big enormous unicorn shitting out promises yes. i mean you know it's 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 based on wind and lies <laughs> but you know there's I, they're always saying it's gonna crash but it hasn't yet yeah uh, do you know how many apps are published daily in the app store how many are published daily yeah um a hundred a thousand a thousand a thousand apps every day and it's rising that number is rising all the time that's that's why out of date. it just seems like the worst way to make money for me unless you're already a big boy because the competition is just hideous and the app store is such a crappy environment anyway hmm. not that i'm never gonna like. make an app <laughs> indeed indeed yeah well I, I think if i had 
a bit of money and a lot of time on my hands and I wasn't really doing something else. If I'd finished, say, some other huge creative project and I had a lull, I would maybe like to try and make an app one day or try and like get better at those kind of things. I mean, but I don't know. You just need something that really, really rises above all that crap. And it's just it becomes more and more difficult all the time, doesn't it? It does. And to be honest, learning how to make an app or improving your programming doesn't require you to release something on the app store. You know, you could just do it for the sake of it. Um, That's true, actually. I think learning to make apps in order to make money, it seems like a really bad use of your time as well. Training literally anything else and get a job. <laughs> but if you want to learn how to get those skills which are transferable, then, yeah, it's a great thing to do. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So, People think so they're going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg, don't they? And I say, you know... Don't don't put on the grey hoodie and the and the and the grey pants and you know don't be a slob. Wear a suit and make nice things. I imagine his wardrobe is just rows upon rows of grey grey hoodies and Mark Zuckerberg masks, which he <laughs> holds on to his to his hideous skull face. Mask Zuckerberg. I think Lord Zuckerberg, as he'll be, I'm sure, one day over Lord Zuckerberg. Yeah. Um. Right. What, so what what topics have you brought for us to talk about? Today? Um, let's see some some stuff I I put in the document for last week that we never got round to. Um, let's see I like here. It. I like this this where I just sort of turn up and I get told what to talk about. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. kind of wish that you were there all the time for me to do that. Yeah, well, it would it would improve your day immeasurably, wouldn't it? Well, it would just make small talk much easier. Because I run out very quickly of small talk, and if I just yeah. had someone saying, "Oh, let's talk about the price of oil," then you know, I would things like talking about the gym every single time I I see someone who I once talked to about the gym, and now it's the only <laughs> conversation that we have, and we're trapped in a horrific loop. How is the gym working out for you? Uh, it's working out quite well. I didn't I didn't go much the last week and a half because I had a horrible cold. Um, and it just exercise just seems to make it worse. Mm. Um, but I'm going back now and swimming, and uh, it's good. I mean, I feel really crappy if I start the day and don't go to the gym or don't go swimming now. That's great. Integrating really... exercise like that. I haven't quite gotten to that stage yet, but I've been okay this year. Well, I'm glad. You look very good on the video, which the listeners can't <laughs> the video. see. No, I look, haven't really yeah. been exercising this week though, because well, there's no small talk. Maybe this is big talk. I had an asthma attack on Sunday. Yeah, that's not small talk. That is big talk. That's big talk. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. That. Yeah. It was, what brought it? It's it pretty scary. It's really hard to know. Like I had it. I last had an attack when I was a tiny a kid, like maybe six or seven. So, and then I had it as a child, and then it went away. And then the last couple of months, it's been coming back. Um, you know, I'm back on the medicines and everything, but. Who knows? I was just, I just started cooking the dinner. So we thought maybe it was something to do with the stuff I was cooking, but it was stuff I cook all the time. I was just frying a piece of salmon. It wasn't like, yeah, I'm not allergic that's, to salmon. But... That's really odd. Yeah. So it was the first time either of us have had to call 999. So. Oh, know. it was that bad? Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't, I don't think it was life threatening, but on the like NHS page that we were looking at, it said if, if the inhaler doesn't make it better and it's still there after a bit of time, you should call 999 just to be on the safe side, you know, because you can die from what it. Did the, what did the paramedics say? Um, they, they, did, did yeah, yeah. Within 10 minutes, these two really, really comforting, incredible dudes came in an ambulance. And the main guy, he, he reminded me of Adam Buxton. Which oh, was yeah. sort of really oddly comforting. He had the he had the same a similar face and a similar voice, and it was like you like I was listening to a very nice episode of the Adam and Joe show. Was he doing his uh, Queen Celebrack impression? Oh, we got it. Yeah, that no, would have been less comforting. Neither of us can do that voice justice. No, no, he needs to yeah. do it more. So they um, they hooked me up to some machines. Um, they pumped some gas into me, and I got better, and it was fine. Um, what kind of gas did they give you? Salbutamol. It's the the, the, the the asthma recovery gas. Did they basically have? I'm imagining them opening up the back of the 
ambulance or whatever and there's just an enormous inhaler like one the size of a man and someone and like one of the paramedics has to stand on top of it and like push push the uh, vaporizer down and, yeah. and like this huge down, you're sitting at the other end of going <laughs> yeah i've just got my mouth open wide like a whale and this huge this huge like cloud that. comes in yeah it was, it was pretty much yeah. exactly like that well i'm glad you're not dead yeah me too me too I did kind of confront my own mortality for a bit briefly, and I wasn't I wasn't too scared to die. But I was like, oh, I got a po- podcast recording with Rob on Wednesday. You know, I got stuff to look forward to. Right? Yeah. And you went, not today, asthma. <laughs> yeah. I've, <laughs> I've got a podcast to record. Yeah. Well, especially as we talked about death quite a lot on our last episode, it was kind of on my mind a bit. And I was like, well, I can't breathe right now. I literally can't breathe. It's really scary. I might die, you know, but I'll be at peace. Yeah. But it was okay. Well, I'm glad that you didn't have to confront your maker yeah. just yet. Me too. I've Maybe. always said I want to be there when you die. So Yeah, you know. so you can rickroll my funeral. Oh. Well, I just want to be the last thing that you see before you 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 fade into the into the ether is me standing there going <laughs> I knew it was going to be noisy and that you were going to make a face you couldn't just let me go in peace you couldn't just do, do like a nice smile maybe sing some whale music at me just to sort of no, I do the chicken dog just for you I've realised now that the podcast has descended into you and I just trading in jokes, yeah. which is perhaps not good for a public. No, I don't know. The only, I think the only in joke we've done through is the, the chicken dance, surely, which is a reference to Arrested Development, which I think a lot of our listeners probably have seen. If you haven't, go on YouTube and type Arrested Development chicken dance. Ah, in. There now there's something for the show notes. Yeah, the yeah. Chicken dance. It won't. It won't. I think it won't be as good if you haven't seen Arrested Development. Because no, it, it makes so much, so much funnier when you have two seasons worth of character development behind it, but it's still really funny on its own, and that's when you know you've got a good show. It's where things are funny at face value, and they have an undercurrent as well. Like, and so many American sitcoms are just really good at that in a way that British sitcoms just aren't. Well, I suppose British sitcoms. Oh, excuse me. So you're bored just thinking about British sitcoms. I know. We British sitcoms. To me, the issue is that we only have six episodes. So mm-hmm. you haven't got the luxurious amounts of time that an American series has to develop characters little by little. Um, you've got to really, in a way, it's a different skill. And in a way, it's a harder skill because you've got to get your characters across and the world across in, you know, a couple of hours. On this big, you know, Peep Show is the thing that, that strikes me. You know, each mm-hmm. series is only six episodes and there's so much care. It's so character based. Um, it's amazing how much they managed to to get in there. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And when you t- think of a show like Nathan Barley, there's six episodes, so you can watch the whole thing in under three hours. But it's one of the funniest shows ever made, and the characters do develop. I mean, even by episode six, they're thinking, "Wow, the Nathan of episode one would never have done that," or the, yeah. the Dan Ashcroft of episode one would never have contemplated things in that same way. You know, but it, it's kind of really about Dan Ashcroft gradually going mad, isn't it? It is. And Benedict Cumberbatch's finest role. <laughs> yeah, as Robin, the accountant. <laughs> He's looking at a chart and it's got an arrow going down and it literally says, like, they're losing a million pounds a day and they haven't <laughs> even opened yet. <laughs> so good. It's so good. I'll put that in the show notes as well. You go and watch it. They haven't watched it. Yeah, oh my god. I mean it's it's kind of become a bit of a touchstone for people who want to talk about hipsterism and hipster culture as and go as going, Oh, it's a bit Nathan Barley and I think it again it often gets misused as a way of sort of mocking or making as making reference to the stupidity of hipster culture, but it is just a really funny show. Yeah, it is very good. It is very good. So what were we gonna talk about? Um how did we get on to that? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know if there was anything leading on to that. Um, well, let's think of because I can't stay. I can't stay for that long. So let's. Yeah. Um, um, can let's, you remember your oh, first okay. computer? First computer you ever had slash used? Oh yeah, shit! I can. Yeah, 
I the first collegiate I ever used was at school, primary school. So this would have been 1998, something like that. It was an educational computer. I don't know which which it was, but was it I remember. Acorn? No, it, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it was. Um, I, I didn't just remember. make that up. No, no, it's it was a. Oh God, I can't remember. But it was. But it was. It had all these educational games on it and uh, typing games and things like that. But one of the first PCs we ever had in our house was an Evesham desktop with Windows, it must have been Windows 95 on it. An Evesham? And, um, I've never heard of it. They were a, a computer maker. I, they probably are still a computer. In fact, while I'm telling you this story, I'm going to look them up. Because they were big back in the day. Um, huh. I, and I remember, I remember the dial-up. I remember all those things. Evesham. Oh, no. Well, apparently it's a village in the White Witch, Witchhaven district of Worcestershire. But, yeah, um, it's not far from Bristol, right? Quite possibly, I don't know. Evesham computers. Apparently, they. Oh no, they do still exist. Oh no, they did exist. Sure. <laughs> they they closed in two thousand and eight following financial difficulties. Oh, I don't well. think why. Well, they they made they made my first computer, and uh, yep, that was the first computer I watched pornography on. Oh really? Uh, it was. Uh, one of the first computers I played proper video games on, I remember a babysitter bringing me uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Did you ever play that? Yeah, yeah. That's a great game. Not I remember as good as Doom, but it's up there. I thought it was better than Doom, actually, but then I didn't play Doom in- until much later. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I was so young, it was ridiculous. Um, but he brought it over, I think it was on a floppy disk or something like that. No, it couldn't have been on a floppy disk. It was too big for a floppy yeah. disk. 1.4 uh, megabytes worth of game. <laughs> yeah. And he installed it. And then I started downloading mods and installing them using DOS. And, oh, it was great. I remember it. I remember it very well. But it was, um, it was in our hall. It was back in the day when people had computers in their hallways. Yeah. Because... They thought it was a telephone <laughs> or like a big telephone, so you've got to keep it, you know, on a doily table next to a yucca plant like everyone else does um, before people had studies or computer rooms. Um, but yeah, I remember I th- I that. I think this could be a bit, this could be like our tech nostalgia section. We're talk about some old tech until we have enough things to build a listicle. You know? <laughs> yeah. You'll remember that, these be a 20 things. That 90s kid mystical. 10 yeah. pieces of tech you'd only remember if you were born in 1988 to 1989. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So my, uh, my grandparents had an Amstrad, which wow. was absolutely incredible. It was, it was basically just like a typewriter with a sort of black screen with just text coming across it. But I thought it was the most incredible thing ever. And I remember once when I must have been three or four, like typing out a story on it really slowly. And then, like, trying to save it, and I couldn't save it, and it disappeared, and I got really upset and kicked it. Oh, no. That might have been your best work ever. It oh, probably God. was. Probably, you, you haven't improved. It's all, yeah. it's all been downhill since then. <laughs> you've, you've, it's really been a slump, a slow slide into mediocrity. Yeah. And my, early- my gran had this incredible laptop that was about the size of a table or... <laughs> Or the size of it, it came, it was in this case that looked like a sort of French horn case. And you'd take <laughs> it out. Are you sure it wasn't a French horn? <laughs> yeah, it only had four keys. Now that you think yeah. it. And it was yeah. kind of brassy. <laughs> I tried to play Mario on it, it just didn't work. <laughs> another, um, that's another sound. Brass, no- brass noises make me giggle as well. Mouth brass. <laughs> it should do, it should do us like a theme tune of mouth brass. We could do a theme tune for this podcast. Does do does do we have a theme tune? There's like a little bit of guitar music at the start that I made, and I put that at the that opens both of the last ones. But I closed the end of episode two with the Ed Balls ditty. Oh yeah. yes, I did play around with ditty. Oh, did you? Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoyed it. I. I have you I made anything? Do you want to share it? Do you want to share anything? Well, I I kind of want to. I want to see how you fit into a ditty. How much can you paste into 
Uh, yeah, I've, I've never tried. I, I think I'd quite like to try and paste Hamlet into it and uh, <laughs> see what it does. And then watch your phone melt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try and do that, or perhaps the listener can try that. And um, yeah, I just want to try and make it break. I, I did, I did a couple of silly ones. Like I, <laughs> I, I made a song. I can't remember which tune it was to, but the lyrics were just "I ate a dog on holiday" over and <laughs> over and over and over again. Genius. I quite enjoyed that. And then I, I think I did one that was just swear words. I think that was the first one, first one I did. Which is so depressing, but that was immediately I get this new creative tool, and the first thing I do is like tips, see what it comes up with. Well, why, why do you but think I did enjoy the first thing that people want to know when they learn a language is swear words? You know, it's there's a certain fascination around the profane, isn't there? Well, the first thing I want to learn when I learn a language is, excuse me, where is the bus stop? Most useful phrase. The bus stop. You like to hang around bus stops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What time? What time? I want to learn. What time does it get good at the bus stop? That's a phrase <laughs> that everyone should learn in every foreign language. Yeah. yeah. Not what time yeah. does it get bad? Yeah. Where are the shadows at the bus stop? <laughs> you can say that in lots of languages. Yeah. No, I meant to do a ditty that just of, of just the Sherman report to make us a theme song, but I, did, I forgot to do it. Too busy. Okay, like cool. Maybe we can do it for next time. Yeah. I'll do it for next time. I'm glad you, you're calling it the proper name, Ditty, and not Dinty. We insisted on calling it I, last I, time. I'm not insisting. Honestly, at first, I with these app names, they just run into each other, and I cannot remember what they're called because they're all they're all the silly, you know, they're all one word and 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 trying to be memorable, and then they try and copyright the word ditty, and you say trying to copyright a, a normal noun as your name. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I forget them very easily because they're forgettable. I don't know if, if they have copyrighted it, actually. I think they've maybe they copyrighted ditty.co. They, they, try, they try and copyright it, but you're not, it, you can't copyright uh, unproper nouns. Yeah. Or you can't copyright proper nouns either. You know, that would be ludicrous. There's been all sorts of even big companies trying to copyright words like Badger or things like that. <laughs> the the trademark office. You can't do that. Can you imagine working for the trademark office? It'd be trademark, not copyright. I have to ask my friend Tristan, who's a trademark lawyer. Oh yeah. I always yeah. I always annoy him because I use copyright when I mean trademark and vice versa. Yeah. It, really, it seems to really annoy him. <laughs> Two um, very different things. Indeed. Can you imagine working for somewhere like that, or like the office of patents having to do with? Patent trolling all the time must be. Terrible. I think it. I think it'd be quite interesting. I guess so. Well, it'd be interesting when you get weird new patents, but I imagine there aren't that that many anymore. Though maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I imagine the the time to do it would have been like back in the day. Oh, in th- here's an interesting quiz for you. Okay. Without you going on Google, I learned the other day. What was the world's first trademark? Oh wow. That's a hell of a question. Because um, did trademarks exist in the legal systems of, say, ancient Greece or ancient Rome, or is it later than that? It's much later than that. It's much later than that. Uh, okay. So copyright is to do with intellectual property. Trademark is to do with, like, things. Lo- right? logos, logos. I think, yeah, sometimes concepts, but things like that. Mm-hmm. I'll get. I'll give you a, a small. Give me. Clue. Give me a small a, clue. It was a logo. It was a logo. It was a logo. Yeah. Um. Can you give me a brief time? A time period? Would that be? That be too much? Uh, eighteen. I think it was eighteen seventy, eighteen eighty, something like that. I think it was eighteen seventy something. Was it? Um. You know how Zorro carves the Z into things. Yeah. Was it Yeah, that? no, you got it in one. Yeah, it's it's all right. Yeah. Or was it no, Bismarck? Was it credit? Um No, it was it was you know Bass Beer from yeah. Burton on Trent. It was the red triangle that 
is the Bass logo. It's the first ever trademark. Which is still on the cans of Bass Shandy that you can buy in the newsagent. Indeed. And actually, Bass makes some bloody nice uh, bitter and stuff that you can purchase in pubs and things. Mm. Um, I like the Bass Shandy. There and I I went to the Brewery Centre in Burton, which is actually a phenomenal museum. If you're a museum nerd, it's had a lot of money pumped into it because Coors bought the brewery. And they were going to tear down the museum and there was a massive uproar locally. And I think they realized it would be bad PR. So they put a load of money into it. So it's a fantastic museum now. Um, and you get free beer at the end. But uh, yeah, the Bass, the Bass Triangle. And the reason they had the triangle was because most of the people who drank their beer back in the day were illiterate. And so if you had Bass written above a pub, they wouldn't be able to read it. But they knew what the, the red triangle was. Oh, that's fascinating. So, yeah. That was the world's first ever train rock. Yeah, I've I've never been on like a brewery tour or anything, but we are going to Dublin in July, so we're going to do the Guinness factory tour then. Oh, that very nice. Um, you should go to all the the old Dublin pubs, like where the Dubliners used to play mm. and drink stuff like that. I had other friends who went there and they they loved it. But you should definitely go on a brewery tour. We should go on a brewery tour because oh, we should. Some of, some of them are really. I've been on. I've been on quite a lot. And some of them are really crappy value. Sort of, you get you go around on this boring tour, and then, and then you get maybe two halves. And you have to choose which halves. But I went to one. Well, there's one I've been to about four times now, so I really know really well how they make beer. You love your but they just tours. as much beer as you can drink. They That's they awesome. give you like they give it, they bring round jugs of it as you're going round, and you're having pints as you go around. So you've probably had about four pints by the time you get to the end. And then they just leave you with jugs of beer outside on the benches as they shut up. And I, I felt very, very drunk. That's the that's the Hogshead. No, Hogsback. Hogsback Brewery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's not far from me. No, not far from you. But I guess um, wouldn't we have to drive there and then we wouldn't be able to drive back? You'd have to book a cab back. Yeah. <laughs> <That's the> only... <laughs> um, but it's, but it's, it's a cracking, it's a really good beer. Well, or they do more than one, but all their beers are really good. And it, I think it's £12 for the tour, um, which, and the tour is interesting, and you get a shit ton of free beer. That sounds great. We should do a live what podcast from a brewery tour. We should. We'll just have uh, our phone and we'll be like, we'll be giggling at the back of the tour group. Yeah, hooting as we get progressively more drunk. Indeed. We should do ale because ale goes to my head for some reason. It does make you well silly. Know. It makes you like a sort of young young lady at the turn of the century walking, through, running through the park, flicking your petticoats about. Flashing you have that ankles. sort of yeah, <laughs> flashing your ankles at the <laughs> at the street sweepers. Yeah, although that's, that's that's who I imagine you turn into when you've had maybe a pint and a half. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see me after two <laughs> or even three. Oh, don't start! You're a monster. You're an animal. Although that that reminds me that um, when we lived together, we shared a flat that used yeah. to be a brewery, or the the building used to be a brewery, didn't it? Which was the reason that there was a giant green pipe in our kitchen area. I was going to say well, living room, but that flat didn't have a living room. It was a kitchen. <laughs> it was also our living room because we didn't have a living room. Yeah. Um, well, our living room was kind of my room. I imagine we we hung out in there a bit. I did um, a lot of living. Yes, we had a great green stripper pole, which was actually a pipe for beer, um, running through them like floor to ceiling in our kitchen, or ceiling to floor mm. in our kitchen. So and, I do feel that I've done a brewery tour of sorts, a very long and arduous one. <laughs> very long, expensive brewery tour with our landlord who looked like Paul miss. Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did look like Paul Simon, and his his accomplice. Um, the other landlady, the landlady, I guess, or the letting agent, who we thought was moonlighting for that particular brand of oven cleaner because she kept bringing it around and making us buy it so that we, so that we cleaned yeah. our oven. Oven pride. We had to clean our oven every two weeks. We must be working for them. Yeah, clean ovens. Well, she fucking loved them. Yep. Cleaner the better. <laughs> Good time. So yeah, we'll get a brewery tour in the diary. We'll do that. I think you can go to the Camden Hells Brewery in London, maybe. Just to 
next time you, you're in. Uh, I don't know. If, well, they do little tours, but I don't think it's particularly interesting there because it's quite small. Right, and actually, they probably charge you for the beer, don't they? They will. They'll rinse you. They will rinse you. Yeah. Just because of where they are, I imagine the rent on that place is insane. So they will absolutely rinse you. Rinse you like a barrel of beer. <laughs> we need to find obscure ones. Like even oh, even have... Hogs Back is too mainstream. We need we need to properly go underground. We want to microbreweries. There's in yeah. Burton. There's a there's a Lord of the Rings themed pub which is just open, <laughs> uh, which is sort of the dream child of 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 one one man who who wanted to open a Tolkien themed pub more than anything in the world. I think it's opened. Apparently, the beer's fantastic. So what's the pub called? Check it out. I don't know, Lord of the Beer Mats. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's in Burton on Trent. You type Lord of the Rings Beer Man Burton Beer Man Google. Pub. Beer Mat Pub. No, it's not called Lord of the Beer Mats, but it's a Lord of the Rings themed pub in Burton. The Gandalf and Sauron. Yeah, there's, there's a lot you could do with Lord of the Rings and pub names actually. The Balrog's Arms. That's good. Yeah. That's so good. And then you can stand outside and go, "You shall not pass." The bouncer would say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd be wearing a big black cloak with uh, his ID tag on it. It wouldn't yeah. get old. He wouldn't get sick of saying it. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. We'd hire him specifically for that reason. In fact, you'd have to really novelty. love Lord of the Rings, wouldn't you? But I was wondering this the other day, actually, or yesterday, because I I went into a shopping centre and I found that there was a Star Wars shop. Like a shop that literally just sold Star Wars stuff, and I love okay. Star Wars. But the two, there were two members of staff in there, and both of them, like the the sort of the, the opening theme of Star Wars was playing on a loop in the shop. So every couple of minutes, it would start again, and they looked like they were ready to jump off, you know, jump off the balcony in the shopping center. But that's true of where any shop that you work in, if one works in retail. Um, the playlist is always too short yeah. because you're there all the time. So I used to work in game and they had in-store radio. Mm-hmm, I remember. I, I came to loathe the, uh, the DJ so much because his voice would just come on every now and then. And then he put on the same song that I heard, you know, he, he, I, he was probably only allowed 10 songs that had been approved by head office. Right, here we are with Christina Aguilera. Oh God, and he's and he's got to pretend to like it as well. Well, I don't. I can't say that I had to act that much. I I, I had to not attack customers. That was pretty much my only job was yeah. not attacking customers because of because of this playlist, and I managed that admirably. Well done. I never flawed a child, <laughs> even imagine? though I really wanted to. Can you imagine being the DJ in store in the Star Wars shop? And up next, it's the Moss Eisley Cantina Band again. <laughs> I love these guys. <laughs> hot new, hot young things. What are the Moss Eisley Cantina Band called? Let's look it up. M-O-S-S. I thought they were just called the Moss Eisley Cantina Band. No, they've got a name, my friend. Of course they have. They're called Figrin. <laughs> They're called... The grin down and the modal nodes. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, sounds no. like one of those prog bands from like the nineties to mid two thousands. A band that would have supported Dream Theater. <laughs> They're called Figuring Dan and the Modal Nodes. The members are Figuring Dan on Cluehorn, Nalan Chiel on Banfield, Eden De High on Fanfare, Doik Knats on the Doremian Beshnikel or Fizz, Ikabel Gaunt on Fanfare, Tech Moore on the Omnibox. And Liren Khan on the clue horn. Back up. <laughs> Back up clue horn. reading their Wikipedia article. It's not, not even, even the, the first clue <laughs> The most famous pop composition, an up-tempo instrumental, is named on the original track as Cantina Song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In subsequent fictional spin-offs, including Empire Blues by Daniel Keyes Moran, the piece is identified as being titled Mad About Me. <laughs> That's the name of the game theme song. It's Mad About Me. That's amazing. They they are hairless aliens called Biffs. But I love that every single band member is named and all their instruments are named. Yeah. 
the Star Wars universe is pretty incredible in that way when you think about it. It's people have really delved deep. Mm-hmm. They've really delved deep. They're grinned down in the modal mode. That is just incredible. <laughs> that's, that's the least sci-fi band name I've ever heard. The modal nodes. <laughs> it sounds like one of those awful sort of party jazz guitar combos. Well, it's I suppose they are quite jazzy, so Yeah. But they're that's... tuneful. There's melody to get hold of there. Hey, it sticks it's it sticks in your head. It does. In my head right now. Well, I didn't buy anything in the Star Wars shop. I almost, I was going to, but well, what I really wanted was just the tiny little Lego figure of BB-8, which is just totally adorable. But the only way to get it is to buy the like hundred pound X-wing set. I'm going to do that. Surely they have an individual one. Nope. Well, not that I could see. I think they deliberately do that because they know that everyone just wants the BB-8. Do the thing. Nobody wants a poopy X-wing. No. No, it's it's a really rad X-wing. It's Poe Dameron's X-wing, which is awesome. But yeah, but the cost of these things is so insane because they're not selling to kids; they're selling to adults. Yeah, right? obviously there weren't any kids in that shop, but there were plenty of adults. Which well, means there was know, me and one other guy. Well, exactly. Kids kids aren't going to buy that with their pocket money, are they? They're, it's for adult collectors who are harried by their kids yeah. to spend hundred pounds on a toy, which should cost about thirty, if that. Yep. Although to be fair. All of the action figures of the obscure characters from The Force Awakens were half price. Oh, well, that's fair enough. Of all the like, literal background characters who never had a name or even a line in the film. They really should be half price to begin with, because who's going to want to buy those? To be yeah, exactly. It's just like g- generic rebel pilots. and generic Not, not stormtroopers, it's not that bad, but like someone who looks like one of the General Hux guys in the hats. <laughs> But isn't even General Hux. You know, if, if you want Kylo Ren, you're going to pay full whack. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, yeah. If, if, if you want the big guns, then, or the big swords, then, you know, that. If you want the big lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we, we don't want to turn this into a Star Wars podcast. But there was actually, in the top of the Google Doc, was a thing, a question that Adam, our friend Adam, asked me about Star Wars, which is that, like, he said to me the other day, you know, I, I really care about Star Wars. I really love it, but I don't care about any other sci-fi. And, I, you know, and I, I think that's probably the same for a lot of people. And I wondered why you think that is as someone who loves Star Wars, but also loves a lot of other sci-fi. Oh, I don't know. I might be to do what brought up on it. I think mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I think it's that it, people were brought up on it. So from a young age, so it's ingrained. I think also it's in, it's much more mythic than a lot of sci-fi these days. You know, it's, um, it's common knowledge that Lucas was inspired by Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey and that he really hit those story beats of heroes going out, meeting adversity, you know, all those stages in Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. And um, it really speaks to something quite deeply ingrained in us. <laughs> And perhaps in a world where we don't have myths anymore, which are taken seriously <clears throat> or studied anything else other than academically, or they're not enjoyed within community life, it's a shared myth that we can enjoy together. Um, but also all this extended universe stuff where everything has a name and, you know, you can find out the engine names in the X-Wing or whatever, uh, that satisfies those of us who like those sorts of details. So that's what I think. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right, and it, a lot of it has to do with the, the the story. The characterization is very is very good. It's about family stories and about people wanting to connect with that kind of slightly Freudian aspect of it. And I don't know. I think it came out in seventy seven, and up until that point, there'd been some other some other sci fi stuff, but nothing ever really nailed it in the same way. And I just think it all the it got every piece of that puzzle <coughs> that you're talking about right, really. And then eventually think... it got a shitload of money behind it. So it <coughs> became an unstoppable juggernaut. But, you know, in 77, it was it was pure in that way, I think. Well, I think it, it made a lot of money from the start. I think, I think one of the main things is that it's not very sci-fi at all in what most people would call sci-fi. The sci-fi is, is, a, is a dressing, in a way, for the more 
general stories and themes that it's trying to tell, you know, talking about religion, about faith, about history, about love, about all these different adventure, all these different things, growing up, uh, innocence and guilt and things like this. You know, it, it's using very, it's using very specific sci-fi themes, <clears throat> but really they're addressing those things underneath. Whereas I think what puts people off a lot of what might be called hard sci-fi is that it's less, the, the themes are more specific. It's more about, um, more attention is paid to the specifics of the story rather than what the themes they represent. And I think that's why Star Wars uh, speaks to so many people because it, it did that so well. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. And actually, when, when you put it that way, it raises a really good point, which is that genre is a very blunt instrument, much more so than I think people realize or give it credit for a lot of the time. Uh-huh as a way of classifying stories and classifying things quite often you look at a thing and go, Oh, I, I like this genre of things, but you know, I, I generally like sci-fi, but I've never really been able to get hold of Battlestar Galactica, for example, for various reasons. So, you know, it's, yeah, it never quite works out that way. Or I, I, I really like a lot of high, high fantasy books have really grabbed me, but a lot of it, I think is really awful. And people often make the mistake of, you know, thinking that media are genre, the classic thing, obviously comics, Comics is a medium, not a genre, but it's often thought of as a genre. You know, I think it's easy to get caught up in genre and miss other things. You know, when you're when you're talking about culture. Hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Right. Well, I'd say, clock. I should probably let you. Probably yeah, let you go I've, and eat. I'm sorry, man. I've got to go. I've got to go. I've, no, no, I've, that's fine. It's good to good to keep it snappy sometimes. Good for me to just throw things at you and make you talk. You know? Well, I told you that's what I need. I need cards with your topics on them, little yeah. questions like who would win in a fight between a beaver and a, a snake? I don't know. We're not getting into that now. <laughs> don't. No. <laughs> okay. Okay.